SAFM. Now, oil field engineer turned banker turned writer, Iko Duco was educated in Ghana, the United Kingdom, the United States and France. His time in the oil industry took him to the harsh expanses of the Sahara Desert and the fetid swamps of the Niger Delta with lengthy, lengthy stopovers in several countries in between. Since leaving the oil business, Echo has worked mainly as a corporate strategist in, and in banking, roles that at their core are really all about storytelling. Echo lives and works in Johannesburg, South Africa. And if I'm gushing, Echo, please don't be surprised. Welcome. Thank you very much, Sada. You're very kind. Listen, am I, is your name Echo? It's pronounced Echo. Echo. Duca. Duca, yes. Welcome. I am so excited to be talking to you. And I think my tweets were, were made it so obvious that I loved reading Dying in New York. And because I was so sad when it ended, because you tell stories so well, I jumped straight into White Wahala and completed that as well. Where did your storytelling skill come from? Thank you very much, Shadow. I believe that comes from my mother. She's always been a teacher. Mm -hmm. She's 90 years old. She's an amazing woman. And she always encouraged her... She always encouraged her children to read a lot. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's not a big step from reading a lot to actually wanting to write your own work. So to answer your question, the inspiration or the motivation certainly goes back to my mother. And, and bless her heart, because we wouldn't be enjoying these books if she hadn't encouraged you to write. But the, I, I want to know about the plot, and I, I, I try to understand, because you've traveled so much, you, you've lived in so many countries, and, and yet you write about Soweto and, and South Africa in, in, in such passionate detail that it it sounds like you were born here <laughs> so how how did you get so so um intimate with with Soweto and 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 South Africa and Johannesburg for that matter and I think it comes down to the fact that um when one travels around the African continent you realize that there's 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 so much similarity between the places where people live and I find that the that the townships, whether it's here in South Africa or in Nigeria or in Ghana, they share the same vibe, the same buzz, that same proximity. Mm. So I found it quite easy to write about. Uh, so I found it quite, quite. Um, it, it, so it wasn't too difficult to write about uh, um, about a moneylender who works for Meshach and Suez. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we'll get to white wahala now. White wahala actually. Wahala is what? Is is it is it is it uh, wahala? Is is it a language in Zambia? No, that's a Nigerian slang term, and it means it actually means trouble. Aha, aha. So white wahala was was really white wahala, in, as 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 your book says, because you know it, it caused trouble for this white family. Correct. Yes. Okay. Now, I, I want to talk about Lerato because, you know, it's Women's Month, and I'm glad you mentioned your mother as well. And I read the book during Women's Month, and it brought something. And as you say, you'll find this woman in any other township across the continent. But it, it also highlighted uh, the just the, the power of men, the patriarchy system that we, we live under. Because every man that Lerato met... 
uh, ended up dead or but was was not a nice man yes except for uh the the man she married eventually right yeah that's right so what i was trying to portray there was 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 the imbalance in power between men and women and uh men seem to think that they are superior to women which is so wrong mm. i spent the last two days at a leadership conference where people were speaking from their hearts around the theme of servant leadership and it was so amazing that so many of the testimonies from these senior executives they all related back to their mothers and 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 the profound influence that their mothers and and the strong women in their lives had had on them mm. so it's such a it's such a disconnect that we are formed by strong women and then we grow up to lose that uh, lose that north star mm. and then we start to abuse that the same women who brought us up and nurtured us it's such a shame yeah Larajo's mother was a victim herself of, of of her husband the way and of course the 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 power that comes with the the different structures that affect our daily lives the church because lerato's father was a very big man at the church but also the people all the people that we're supposed to trust as men um victimize us so that's very true shadow and what i found is that when when so when a woman is abused we tend to blame her and we say why did she dress like that? Mm. Why was she hanging out there? Why was she with that group of men? So what I was trying to do in the book was to strip that all away and make the victim a young girl mm. who was supposed to be safe in her own house. Mm. So we can't really point the finger at her and say, why did she do this? Why did she do that? Um, bad things were done to her by people that she had every right to trust. In everybody that she trusted, you know, I wanted, I, I want to hug Lerato. I want to find her, hug her, and give her so much love after this book. Does she exist? <laughs> well, that's what people have asked me. It, it's a work of fiction, but I think there are there are parallels in so many women around. I, I remember many years ago going to going to an episode of the Vagina Monologues. Mm. And at the end, the host, uh, the hostess asked um, women who have been abused to stand up. And I was so amazed, but slowly, almost the whole auditorium was filled with, with women who were standing up. And it just came through to me the extent of the problem. And and her want what what was it about New York that was that a release in her head she could live an, a, a, a fictitious life for that matter? Well, not wanting to you know to give uh, um, too much of the book away. I know, but I want people to go and buy it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the United States, for many people represents and has represented a place of safety, a place where they can be free. So that was the iconography that I was trying to re to portray mm. through the obsession that Lerato develops with the city that she's never been to. Mm, mm. Now, please tell me there's a movie coming out. Well, I hope so. So all the movie producers out there, I hope you go out and buy the book and fall in love with it as you have. Uh, because I, I swear, because I want to see the movie. I want to see Lerato come to life. And I think it's an important book, as I say, for all of us women to read, but also for men to read, you know, just just to...
because I think I I know so many Leratos. I can there's different shades of Leratos that are uh, are depicted in the book that I, I I can identify with. But I also want them protected. These Leratos. Sure, and I agree with you one hundred percent. And I think it's it's not just a book for women. And I think that when we 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 focus and we label it a woman's issue, mm-hmm. then we give men the excuse not to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So it's just as much an issue for women as it is for men, and maybe more so for men, because we are the ones who abuse our women. Now, let's go to what Wahala. Yes. That, that's that's such a typical South African story, but you know, you because again, twenty years down the line, we're still dealing with with uh, suspicion about each other, especially between black and white people. Sure, that's right. Um, so White Wahala was actually my first book, so it has a special place in my heart. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't quite sure which came first, because, you know, on, on both on both covers, it's author of White Wahala on Dying in New York and author of Dying in New York on White Wahala. So I wasn't quite sure which came first. Sure. Um, so White Wahala did come first. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of a moneylender called Cash who steps out of the township and finds himself in a more affluent world that he's increasingly unable to navigate. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I think it's a book that has a certain uh, dark humor about it. And it seeks to portray the exact uh, suspicions and, and, and the fears that he spoke about just now. Mm-hmm. Especially with, with, in, in fact, all of us can identify with it because also what, what people in high um, offices deal with on a daily basis, just, uh, you know, in big business and what influences big business uh, and how politics also plays a role. Sure, that's right. And I think because I work in a bank, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> you don't work at Mega Bank, do you? No, I don't work at Mega Bank, but I hope my boss is not listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So I try to portray the bureaucracy and the cynicism and the and, and, and the gamesmanship that happens, you know, happens within large corporates. So for me, Cash is 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 a he's a good counterpoint to that. Mm-hmm. And in reading the book, we see that there are actually many similarities, you know, between the two worlds. The banker and cash. Yes, because they're both bankers, but they both, but they both lend money. Wow, wow. Absolutely wonderful way of telling stories, Echo. And, and these books are, are available at all good book, bookstores? Yes, they are, Shadow. And they're also available online. Online. Now, tell me what you're busy with right now, because I, I, I'm sure I, I can't wait to feed my eyes on another book written by you. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so at the moment, I'm working on a book that doesn't have a title yet, mm-hmm. but it's set in South Africa, let's say 10 years hence. So it takes two of the characters from White Wahala, mm-hmm. and it tells a dear story, and it paints a picture of, uh, of a South Africa that has lost its way. Mm-hmm. Through the eyes of through the eyes of Angie and 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 her husband, who fall out of favor, and <laughs> and in the course of doing, they also fall out of love. There's so many Angies as well that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I can put faces to 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 the names in the book because you know it. We turn around; they are all around us. But what what keeps you going, uh, Echo? 
what 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 entertains you the way I was entertained reading your books? What, what are you reading? At the moment, I'm reading a book of, of short stories by Somerset Moore. Uh, he was uh, he was an English writer. I think he died in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and he has such an um, he he has such an amazing wit and an amazing turn of phrase. And he writes so he writes so eloquently and simply about people talking past each other, whether it's a husband and a wife or a or a boss or a boss and his employee. Mm-hmm. And I find that theme uh, extremely fascinating, the, yes. you know, the way in which we miss each other so many times. So what's the book called? It, 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 um, so that's a, so it, it's a book of collected short stories ah, by ah. Somerset Moore. Okay, okay. I think we, we, we all are interested to see what you read and, and hopefully we'll, we'll go and, and, and get it. But I really want to see Dying in New York on a big screen and so please work hard at it. Sure, I will. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for, for the books and thank you for your time, Echo. Thank you very much, Shadow. Thank you very much for your... Thank, thank, thank you so much for the support. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I'm, I can't even speak, but thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Echo. You take care. Sure, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, author of White Wahala and Dying in New York. But if there's, if it's the only thing you read in during this month, um, and that's a few days, please read Dying in New York. I enjoyed both of them equally, but Dying in New York as a woman, it just got the better of me. I wanted so much to save this young girl at every twist and turn of the book. I really wanted to just hug her and tell her how much I loved her or how much she was loved or deserves to be loved. So dying in New York, White Wahala, Iko Duka is is the author. When we come back, uh, we speak with Athena, and I'm not too sure how to pronounce the surname, but about the uh, 16th annual Jomba Contemporary Dance Experience that's taking place in KZN. Otherwise, on SAFM. Athena, please come to my and then to my rescue and tell me how to pronounce your surname, please. Uh, yes, it is Vachla. V A. Oh, I was yes. right. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, welcome to Otherwise. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Jomba is in its sixteenth year. What has kept it going? Jomba. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the as as I can figure it out is the, the big kind of um, uh, contemporary dance and its cultural uh, power. Mm. Um, I suppose the the um, all the buzz and all the 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 diversity and everything about it uh, that brings communities and people together. Now it's already started. What's on the program? Oh, I don't know because I'm in Grahamstown. So <laughs> I read from a distance. I had to scan into the program. But um, yes, but uh, we, are, we are not arriving there until the last weekend. Oh, okay. So um, we are just a company from Grahamstown going to, to Jomba. Okay, so but you presenting what? The first physical theater yes. company? Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Um, the first physical uh, company is a company that has been going on for 20 years. It's associated to the Drama University at, in Grahamstown. Um, it, um, it stopped receiving its funding, sadly, um, a year, two years ago, in 2013, and now starts again uh, for this year um, with a smaller uh, cast. Mm-hmm. but already um, uh, created some uh, powerful um, productions and residences. So uh, it's back on its way. 
Okay, um, and, and I'm told that, that you do something very unusual. Uh, you mix uh, dance and, and boxing? Yes. Um, it, it started as an experiment to create a sports theater where um, the combination of dance and, and boxing with real boxers um, on stage is happening. But for this particular um, uh, event, I'm just extracting a little solo mm -hmm. from a whole kind of boxing uh, performance experience. Mm -hmm. That is the solo of the ring girl, the, the, the girl with the placard. Okay. Um, so her language is both dance stroke boxing language. She's not a boxer, she's a dancer. Okay. Um, and um, it's like a kind of psychographic uh, solo of someone who is both a fighter and a dancer. Aha. Uh -huh. And is, is it showing for the first time at Jomba? Yes, it's for the first time. It, it was shown here for a small audience. At, um, at Roach University, in the theatre of the Roach University, and now it's going to be its second showing, but on a bigger scale. Okay, and, and uh, is it easy to understand? Because, you know, sometimes Ooh, dance... Got, yeah. <laughs> sometimes dance, you know, is, is like storytelling and, and yes. using the body to tell a story. But And that's why I ask, is it easy to understand? Apart from the beautiful lines of the dance and all of that, you know, how, how easy is it to, to tell a story with? I think that's a tricky question to ask <laughs> the choreographer um, because it's very difficult for me to answer. But what... And first of all, this solo, as I said, is taken, extracted from a bigger piece for mm. an hour's work. Mm. But I would say, if I can think about it, does it feel? Because sometimes we may not get the whole narrative, mm. but we can feel a state of mind or mm. a performer mm -hmm. um, w without decodified every little movement. Mm. Mm. So for me, I hope that the audience are going is, is going to get an experience um, of the psychology of, of, of the portrait of mm. a character. Mm. Uh, but if it can read from the beginning to the end, I hope it does. I can only hope. Well, you're the choreographer. That's yes. <laughs> so I, I, that's why I'm subjective. So uh, if I was a, an audience, I would be more objective. Yeah, but but because what your your work is, as you say, you extract it from the bigger uh, yes. picture. But I, I'm I'm sure you feel that what you've extracted is enough to communicate whatever it is you wanted to communicate to the audience. Yes, certainly, um, certainly it does because in, in its isolation, it looks it casts the light to one character. Yeah, because we don't we we don't know what the bigger picture is yes. that you've extracted from. So all we've got to read is what you've delivered. Yes, I I intentionally created a piece that it can stand on its own as well as within a bigger context. So so, so yeah. yeah. So Athena, you you are in in Durban when? We are coming on the fourth. We are performing on the fifth and sixth. And we are giving a workshop and a discussion, a little talk, and then we're leaving on the 7th. So that's 5th and 6th is the performances. And what's the talk about? Oh, the talk is just an invited, um, we are invited by the festival um, uh, curator on mm -hmm. stage, um, myself and the other brilliant uh, choreographer, um, Tubissimo Iquana, to um, exchange thoughts with the audience. Okay. Like an after show kind of discussion. Okay, I hear an accent. Where are you from? 
I'm Greek. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, fantastic. Lovely talking to you and all the best. And I hope the audience really does does get the psychology of the piece. Thank you very much. I'll do my best. <laughs> Thanks, Athena. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. It's, Bye. It's the 16th annual Jomba Contemporary Dance Experience. And uh, Athena Vachla, it was the choreographer and company manager, first physical theatre company. And I'm, I'm interested in really looking and, and seeing the, the mixture of dance and boxing. I think it's very interesting to watch. Otherwise, on SAFM. Arts Alive 2014 is almost uh, on and uh, talking to us now is Arts Alive Project Director, Leslie Hudson. Leslie, hello. Good afternoon. Welcome and thank you for your time. Leslie, how many years is Arts Alive now? Because I think this is its 22nd year. Last year we celebrated 21 years. So we're now into our 22nd year. My goodness. And it's, it's, it's been getting stronger and bigger, eh? Hey? I hope so. I think so. Yes, yes. Now, what shall we expect this weekend? It starts this weekend, huh? Yes, it starts this weekend with the famous Jazz on the Lake on the 31st of August, which is Sunday at 11 o'clock at Sioux Lake. We've got a very strong lineup um, headlining with Johnny Clegg, The Soil, Vusi Nova, and a whole lot of other people from um, around the continent. Well, I, I, I just saw The Soil, in fact, two days ago. They're absolutely amazing. They, Aren't they, they wonderful? Oh. You know, they, 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 they're growing in their popularity as well. And so that's a nice lineup you've got there. Um, yes. there's, but there's different art forms, right, at, 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 at uh, Arts Alive? Exactly. Arts Alive is a multi-genre festival. So we've got theatre, we've got dance, we've got the spoken word, we've got some comedy, um, and obviously music. Mm-hmm. I see this Chinese jazz. Yes, isn't that intriguing? Mm-hmm. I'm also, I, I have to confess, I haven't actually seen it. I've just seen a few video clips of it, and I'm dying to see them live. Do you know who the musicians are? Um, the Chinese acts are, I'm, I'm just actually checking in my my um, yeah. program now. I don't have it offhand, but they'll be performing at the Joburg Theatre on the 5th and 6th, uh, on the 6th and 7th of uh, September. But you also have, during 6th and 7th, you, you've got Divas and Democracy. Because yes. that, 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 I mean, the Chinese jazz on one hand and Divas and Democracy, how does one yes. choose where well, to we go? Well, as you, as you wait for the show to start, we'll have the Chinese jazz performing in the foyer. Mm-hmm. So that from the minute you arrive at the Joburg Theatre to the minute you leave, you're completely entertained. Yeah, yeah. And who are the Divas? So the divas are, we've got um, Brazil's most famous diva, Tanya Maria. My favorite, my favorite girl. Isn't she fabulous? She'll be 70 this year, so she's still going strong. She's gorgeous, Um, yes. And then we've got uh, Nancy Vieira from Cape Verde Island. Um, She's brought to us through the Machito uh, Conference. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Isabella Novella from Mozambique and our very own Lulu Ducana. Wow, that is quite a lineup. That's going to be something splendid, really a show not to be missed. And what shan't we miss as far as dance is concerned? Oh, that Tuesday night, uh, the second and the third, we have a wonderful French production of the nights, um, mm. and I think it's going to be a spectacle. On the third, we have a, a dinner just before the show, brought to us by Chef Kumalo, who is South Africa's celebrity chef mm-hmm. um, and he's going to uh, cook us a beautiful meal South African meal that shows the Indian influences and then as a fair production called The Night um, which I am told and from what I've seen is a real visual spectacle mm. Now I'm interested in the Shared History Festival Yes. Is, is that a comedy show? 
No, so mm. it is a comedy. So Shared History is our partnership with the Indian um, uh, Consular General. Mm-hmm. And um, Shared History is a festival that's part of Arts Life. And we have um, a comedy show. We uh-huh. have some music. We have some dance and some very nice theater. I'm excited about the Maboning Township. Uh... Yes, yes. So the Maboning Township um, uh Exhibition. Uh, they started off in Alex last year, and this is the first time they're opening in Soweto. And what we do is we've taken over five houses just off the Lakazi Street in Soweto, mm-hmm. and we've turned them into galleries. So we've got uh, three or four different artists exhibiting there, um, showing their works in the houses. So if you go and visit, you'll get to see how people are living, what their daily lives are like, but then also to see art on the walls that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this is, is, is kind of covered throughout uh, Johannesburg. Are, are the venues close to each other apart from the Villagaza Street exhibition? Are they, are they yeah, you know, um, the festival brought to us by the city of Johannesburg and mm-hmm. they have a seven administrative regions. We try and program something in every region. So we have some lovely theater in, in Alex as well as the Soweto uh, Visual Arts Project. But a lot of our stuff is happening at the Joburg Theatre this year, mm-hmm. and the idea is that if you don't look at the program but you feel like some to be, you feel like being entertained, you can go to the Joburg Theatre any night of the week, mm-hmm. and there'll be something on either comedy, theatre, the dance, I spoke about the divas and democracy. Is there a package prize? A colleague and I were talking earlier, ah. and my colleague was saying, "Oh my goodness, everyone from Durban is coming to 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 the festival because they obviously like some musicians. They like Tanya Maria specifically." Oh, I'm happy to so, hear that. There isn't actually a package prize. Each one of them are individually priced, unfortunately. Ah, okay. So you you, you can't buy. Um, like group tickets for just about everything you have to no, purchase on um, uh, it's something to consider for next year let me say that well i want ro- i want royalties yeah. for that suggestion yes it's a done deal <laughs> done deal <laughs> so so each each venue has its own uh cost and, and stuff like yes. that yes and and let me just emphasize that jazz on the lake is absolutely free so you'll be seeing the soil you'll be seeing johnny clegg you'll be seeing Wizzy nova etc absolutely no cost at all okay i just want an interview with tanya maria oh no no problem i'll exchange that for royalties (laughs) (laughs) you see how this works eh? see what i did there i just walked in (laughs) no she's gorgeous but i wonder how much english she speaks though because the last time i heard i I, I don't think she speaks much but i learned i I learned a bit of an interview Okay, no, because uh, I, I was willing to learn a bit of uh, Spanish and Portuguese to, to well, be able to Well, that will always help. That will help. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Leslie, and all the best. And where do we thank find you. more information? On the website, I guess. Yeah, on our website, artalive.co.za. Artalive.co.za. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, we're looking forward to seeing you there. Oh, no, for sure. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, that's Arts Alive starting this weekend right through to the next week. And there's something for everybody there. Uh, that shared history festival, I think, will be very interesting. And the Villagazi Street exhibition, Maboding Township exhibition, is also going to. Oh, and divas and democracy, jazz on the lake. I hope the weather's good this weekend for people in Johannesburg. We're taking a little break and coming back to talk about the world sushi master and the master is himself we cannot talk to because I think he needs a translator but we're speaking with Grace Harding from Ocean Basket. Otherwise 
on SAFM. For the first time on the continent, we are hosting the World Sushi Masterclass. And it will be conducted by global sushi master Masayoshi Kazato. And here to talk to us about it is Grace Harding. Grace, hello. Hi, Sado. Hi, welcome. And thank you so much. I'm very excited. In fact, I, I, I don't mean to be nasty, but I was looking forward to talking to Mr. Kazato. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure you will. Um, but um, I know that he needs a translator, but maybe we can squeeze in a telephonic interview with a translator. There's no reason Yes, to. no, we must. We yeah. must. Because, I mean, we... We're so grateful for, to have him in the country. Cause uh, it's a huge honor. We're so excited. It's taken us a year to get him here. And he's the best in the world. Yes, they say so. He's the global sushi ambassador and the chef patron of the organization to promote Japanese restaurants abroad. So it's, it, he has huge stature. I mean, we have the Japanese ambassador involved wow. and all sorts of things. So we, I think, have only realized how important and prestigious he is through the response of the Japanese embassy in South Africa. Because apparently he's, he's the leader of the Sushi World Cup network. Yes, he is. Yes, he, he headed that up. And last year when we hosted our first big sushi event at DSTV Delicious, um, the world sushi winner, who was actually a guy from Denmark, um, he actually attended our sushi event at DSTV Delicious. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing how big sushi is around the world and that there are non-Japanese people winning these competitions. Mm. Now, tell me about the masterclass. What, what, are you, what are you trying to do here? Yeah, so, you know, we started uh, in the sushi business in 2005 and it just grew and grew and grew. Mm. And when we met Mr. Kazatu through Yamasa, our partners, uh, last year we went to Japan, we sent a small team to Japan, we realized that it was so important to get our sushi chefs to touch people like this, to really understand where sushi comes from and it's mm -hmm. made with love. And Mr. Kazatu speaks about sushi as if it is a passionate art. So we started chatting to them and Yamasa, who helped us with this, brought, are bringing him out. We're going to have close on 200 um, ocean basket sushi chefs and managers at the venue in Melrose Arch on Wednesday and there's going to be a huge sushi convention. We're going to use big screens and he's going to personally give us a sushi masterclass. Wow. Yeah, it's very exciting. And then the next day, the top 12 in the country of our chefs are going to spend one-on-one -on -one time with him, which is a real honor. Now, what, what should we know about sushi and that we take for granted? You know, because uh, there's, there's little pop-up sushi places all yeah. over the place now. And uh, sometimes I don't trust them, especially because they're working with, with, with fresh fish, yeah. I hope, yeah. <laughs> most of the time. I hope it's fresh. But, you know, to the naked eye, what should we, us sushi lovers, know? Uh, what are the do's and don'ts? Look, the most important thing with sushi is the refrigeration and the cleanliness because a sushi chef is a chef who you, I don't think we're ever going to see working with rubber gloves. You, you have to touch the food. Mm. So absolute obsessive, almost clinical cleanliness is key. And you've got to look out for refrigeration. You know, even in some of our stores um, that have, have an open area, we always make sure that the sushi is properly covered and the refrigeration is really good mm. because that's where the contamination happens with a fresh fish um, but you know sushi is all about the fish and the rice at the end of the day and the secret of making that perfect rice mm, mm. but South Africans you know we're only learning sushi I mean when our colleagues came back from Japan last year 
Um, there's, I mean, sushi obviously is very advanced in Japan. They're eating eel and they're eating all sorts of exotic things. And mm-hmm. we're only learning sushi in this country. Mm. Um, you know, how fresh should your fish be, though? You know, uh, 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 even if it's refrigerated, but how fresh? I, I, I want to believe that the fresher, the better. Yeah. Um, but is like two days, three days, how fresh? You see, it's not about the days so much. You know, it's very seldom that a, a salmon or a tuna arrives in a restaurant. There's no such thing actually as fresh, because, especially in Johannesburg, because it's got to be caught and then it's got to be freshly packed in ice or freshly frozen. The important thing is that the cold chain standards are not broken. Mm. Um, but if a, a piece of salmon is properly frozen, it can be kept for... Um, two or three weeks very very well and it has the same taste and the same freshness Mm. the problem comes if the cold chain standards are broken and there's too much warmth or delay between frozen to slicing to serving to eating Mm. and it is a it's an absolute science i mean i never thought when i joined the restaurant industry that it would be such a scientific process Mm. so it's not about days it's about process so grace how do we benefit then from from um from uh this experience mr kazato is here the sushi master how do we as a public benefit can we also come and watch the master class uh, the masterclass this year is focused on um, our teams and our sushi chefs who, who work really hard. So we really wanted to appreciate and celebrate them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is the first time we're doing something like this, and there are already talks and people interested in doing something with consumers. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would be something that we'd have to look at for next year. But hopefully the benefit will be um, that the sushi that is prepared and served with the love that it needs to be served is going to be even more delicious once Mr. Kazatu has indoctrinated our teams. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's only going to be in Johannesburg. I'm quite jealous because yeah. I'm in Cape Town and I, and I really would have... <laughs> no, but you know, this is the first time and you know, we didn't know how big the response would be. So mm. when we met him last year we and um, our colleagues started chatting to them about bringing him out. So it's the first time we're giving it a go and we're focusing on our people because we really want to enhance skills and give back. And then next year, let's see, we could do something nationally. How long is Mr. Kazata here for? Um, he lands on Monday and I think he goes back Friday. We're going to take him to see a few animals and have a bit of a bush experience, of course. That's mm-hmm. what they love doing. Mm-hmm. They did say to us, but is it safe? <laughs> and we said, yes, yes, it's very safe. So, tell, tell, um, him not to, week. tell him not to pose next to a lion oh, and take a picture. No, Japanese <laughs> shadow. Not <laughs> we are being so naughty right we now. Are, we are. Well, thank you so Please, much for your time you. and enjoy. Okay, okay bye. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to try and talk to him anyway with the translator and everything. I want to speak to Mr. Kazato. If he's the Sushi World Cup, head of the leader of the Sushi World Cup network, we have to talk to him.